Compelling Tellings from Expellings We all have it, some of us use it, but few use it to its full potential. I'm referring to the measurement of entitled carbon dioxide, ETCO2. The objective of this presentation is how to tell from these expellings the best way to optimize survival after cardiac arrest, CA. Our objectives will be to measure and use ETCO2 as an invaluable guide to resuscitation care. The concentration of CO2 in the air we breathe is 0.03%. Adults at rest produce approximately 2.5 milligrams per kilogram per minute. This waste product of metabolism is then transported in one of two forms, in the blood or to the lungs, where it is cleared by alveolar ventilation. 60 to 70% is converted by carbonic anhydrase and then bound to the bicarbonate ion. 20 to 30% is bound to proteins. Most available is hemoglobin. The final 5 to 10% is dissolved in physical solution, better known as the partial pressure of carbon dioxide, PaCO2. It is then exhaled through ventilation. The driving pressure for CO2 elimination is the partial pressure difference between the CO2 in the pulmonary capillary and the alveolar air. Equilibrium is reached in less than 0.5 seconds. Exhaled CO2 is typically measured at the point of maximal exhalation, which is termed entitled CO2. In some cases, measurement of total CO2 clearance is also of clinical value. ETCO2 can be displayed graphically and numerically. Numerically, it is called capnometry. Numerically and graphically, it is called capnography. ETCO2 is usually measured by either mainstream, where the sensor and the optical infrared sensor is in line with the inhalation-exhalation port of airway adjunct, or sidestream, where there is an aspiration device that transfers to the optical sensor. ETCO2 is reported in different ways in various parts of the world. In North America, most reporting is in partial pressure, or millimeters of mercury. It can also be reported in percentage, with one percentage equaling 7.6 millimeters of mercury. In Europe and other countries, it is often reported in kilopascals, KPA, with one kilopascal equaling 7.6 millimeters of mercury. Factors affecting PaCO2 include delivery, blood flow, and elimination. Delivery is a reflection of cardiac output and is significantly affected by cardiac arrest, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, and shock. There is a correlation between cardiac output and PaCO2. Elimination, on the other hand, is primarily a factor of ventilation, with the results being directly and indirectly related to minute ventilation and tube placement. Although beyond the scope of emergency medical services, the relationship between PETCO2, a reliable index of CO2 in PaCO2, and PaCO2 are important for evaluating ventilation and perfusion abnormalities. Although many factors affect AADCO2, and measuring these values may have limited pre-hospital use, in hospital they are very valuable to determine both shunt and dead space ventilation. As noted, one relates to perfusion and the other to ventilation. In addition, pre- and in-hospital values may be affected by a variety of diseases. These include asthma, 
chronic obstruction pulmonary disease, hyperventilation with incomplete emptying, and inadequate tidal volumes. Clinical applications for pre-hospital care are primarily focused on tube placement or dislodgement, progress or failure of resuscitation. On the non-arrested patient, it is focused on indications of obstructed airway disease. It may also be useful to follow the progress of shock resuscitation in the non-arrested patient. One very important parameter is its use to follow the progress or failure of cardiac arrest resuscitation. Studies we performed in the 1990s and which were published in the Annals of EM and the New England Journal of Medicine outlined the potential and real use. In the real world, the study was carried out for a total of 650 patients with consistent findings. Although study limitations are noted, the conclusions have impact for resuscitators and resuscitations. Limitations include patient numbers, the effects of epinephrine and sodium bicarbonate, and minute ventilation. Best efforts were used to compensate and correlate for these effects. Our conclusions were that ETCO2 may be a marker for non-recessibility, and it should not be used alone except with other parameters, such as asystole to cease resuscitation. It should be noted that it is also an excellent guide to progress of resuscitation, noting efficacy of CPR, including rescuer fatigue. In combination with other devices such as rescue CPR, cardio pump and pod, and or mechanical CPR, head-up CPR may again show efficacy or failure of these devices. In the future, new technology and techniques may be evaluated by their effect on ETCO2. ETCO2 may be a marker of resuscitation progress with efforts to improve falling values such as changing rescuers for rescuer fatigue or shifting to mechanical devices. In combination with other parameters, it may be used to cease resuscitation care. Clearly, it is technically feasible and needs to be a significant part of both pre- and in-hospital care. There are obvious, compelling tellings from expellings.